just wanted to make an entrance this morning. Yeah. yeah. Many of you probably didn't recognize me in the video. That's fine. I understand. Now, I like to pretend that I play the trumpet because at one time I, I did play the trumpet in my life. But uh, So this is the very last variation of the very last song, the very last page of what is basically the Bible for trumpet players. It's called Arben's Trumpet Book. And uh, Jean-Baptiste Arben lived in the 1800s. He was the first virtuoso with a valve uh, trumpet or cornet. And so he wrote this book that is really, if you want to play the trumpet, that's the only book you need to buy. It's about 50 bucks, and it's about this thick. And on the first page, you play uh, concert C, middle C, whole notes. Uh, uh, right? And by the last page, you play that. Now, that takes years, right? You know that. It takes years and years and years. It is very, 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 very hard, very difficult thing. So I want to talk about why do we, humans, why are there some very hard things that uh, we see as exciting and challenging versus uh, why I say, ooh, yeah, yeah, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. Well, this is Lent, as Pastor Jeremy mentioned, the season of the church here uh, from Ash Wednesday last week till we get up to Easter Sunday. And uh, Christians throughout time, many centuries uh, of our ancestors of the faith, uh, have found this season to be a good time to try to put into practice some of the things that Jesus taught us. And many of those things are hard. So the title for the series is called Cross Purposes. Cross Purposes, always a play on words with me, you know that. Um, but the passage that's, of Scripture is going to guide us really all the way through Lent is from Mark chapter 8. And he then began uh, to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. Now remember, sometimes Jesus taught in parables, and sometimes he liked to riddle people this and riddle you that. Okay, this was very plain. This is as clear as day. Jesus is in the last weeks of his mission on earth. He says, this is what it's all about. The Son of Man will be ridiculed, punished, crucified, killed. But three days later, he'll rise again. That right there is the gospel just as clearly as it can ever be said. No gospel's a churchy's language word. We, th we throw that around a lot. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? That's the heart of it. Jesus died for your sins, and he rose for your eternal life. That's it. Very clear. Now, the other thing about this little verse here that is really important to me, and I've shared it with some of you before, that's that Jesus is the only person in history to predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off. So when we talk about things that are hard about following Jesus, some things are hard to understand. Why God this? Why God that? Some things are hard to do when we follow Jesus. 
But it doesn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, Jesus died and rose. <laughs> I'm, I'm going this way, right? I'm going with him. I'm following him. Now, when Peter first heard this, he didn't like that. That doesn't sound too good. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. No, this is not right. You are the Messiah. You're not supposed to be killed. Absolutely not. And Jesus responded very harshly. He turned his back on Peter and looked at his disciples. And he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for your mind is not set on God's will or his values and what? Yeah, God's purposes or cross purposes, if you will. But your mind is set on what pleases man. The road ahead looks very difficult. Why would I want to follow you, Jesus, down that road? Well, Jesus lays something even heavier and harder on his disciples. So if you think that's hard to watch me die, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. He called the whole crowd in. He said, I want everybody to hear this. And he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So we see the cross purposes are so counterintuitive to our sinful human nature. This self-preservation or instant gratification, pleasure in the world, whatever it is. Right? The purposes of God, his plan for life is so difficult because it goes just against the grain of what we want. We want to be safe. We want to be healthy. We want to be wealthy. And Christ says you have to let go of everything in this life in order to gain eternal life. And they ask two good questions. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? That's a rhetorical question. Everybody knows the answer. You don't have to answer that. Right? Nothing. What is more valuable than your eternal soul? Nothing. Nothing. So the way Jesus calls us to follow in his steps it is a very difficult road. I'm going to share a couple other uh, difficult things that humans do. We learn to play instruments and try to be the absolute best at them. And there's a joy, there's a sense of fulfillment in working so hard to overcome obstacles and difficulties. Uh, people do it with physical things, triathlons and mountain climbing. And, and here's a little something that's called, uh, well, what is it called? It's the rowboat race across the Atlantic. Number one, it's the Atlantic ocean. rowing race. Yes, that's Atlantic, as in the Atlantic Ocean. Beginning in 1997 and held every two years, the race starts in the Canary Islands and ends in the West Indies. At 4,722 kilometers long, it's longer than every other event on this list combined, and the 2009 edition took contestants anywhere from 40 to 90 days to complete. Most of the boats are manned by pairs or teams of four, but a few particularly brave people have attempted the journey solo. That's three months of sitting in a tiny boat by yourself, living off ration packs and straining your muscles to row across choppy ocean water. None of that sound like fun. 
Why would anybody do that? That is too hard. Well, uh, I think someone asked Sir Edmund Hillary, why did you climb, climb Mount Everest? He said, because it's there. Right? Uh, there's something within us also that wants to achieve and accomplish and even defeat obstacles. Oh, here's one. Now, I don't know how it works today. I imagine uh, the teachers are a little more kind to the students. But when I was in school, uh, every year we had a spelling bee and always started in the classroom. The winner from your classroom went out to the cafeteria and all the class winners competed. And then the school winner went. Anyway, I never made it out of my classroom. Honestly, I don't know if I've made it the first round. The teacher would make us all stand up at our desks. And when you missed the word, you had to sit down. And I was like the most boring morning of my life because I would sit down with the very first word. I'd just sit there and watch everybody. So I'm a terrible speller. Thank God for word spell check. But here's something real quick. Here's, here's somebody who's put a lot of time and effort into spelling. The hardest word that I know is 45 letters. It is pneumono ultra microscopic silico volcanoconiosis, and it means a disease caused by volcanic ash. P N E U M O N O U L T R A M I C R O S T O P I S I L I C O V O L C A N O C O N I O S I S. Pneumono ultra microscopic silico volcanoconiosis. Obviously. But think of the hours that those students put into the, for this spelling bee, right? Learning origins of the words, if it's a Latin root, a Greek root, how this sound is spelled in each language. Oh, my goodness. It takes so much effort to do things that are difficult. Following Jesus is difficult. Shortly after Jesus fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves and fish, he said something very difficult, and then he asked them to do something very difficult. After he fed them, he said, I am the bread of life. Then a little bit later in John chapter 6, he said, if you want eternal life, then you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. To which many of the people in the crowd said, quote, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to this? And they turned and they walked away. End of chapter 6, Gospel of John. This is a hard thing. It's hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to try it. You know what? I'm good. I'm out. Think of some of the other things that Jesus has asked us to do. We've already talked about uh, picking up our cross and following him. Here's one for Monday, Thursday, the night of uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper. Before that, at the table, he washed his disciples' feet. And he said, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet of others. Now, that's gross just in the context that we know, but... In this context, that was the slave's job, to wash the feet of the master and his family when they came in. Jesus, as your Lord and rabbi, that's the word, teacher, right? I got down and washed your feet. You're 
to serve other people. You're to put other people first, always, always. Okay, that's hard to hear. That's hard to do. How about love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Now, I love my friends and family. And I pray for those who persecute me. Lord, smite them. (laughs) Don't think that's what he meant. That's hard. I mean, that's really hard. How about if anyone sues you and takes your tunic, let them have your cloak as well. Because what does it matter? What does the stuff in this world really matter? What can you pay in exchange for your soul? There's nothing more valuable than your soul. And the last one, do not be anxious about your life. How you doing, pandemic people? Huh? I mean, I start worrying about something at church or start worrying about one of my kids getting something. Christy's real helpful. She goes, don't worry. Well, thank you. Why didn't I think of that? Wonderful. I'll just not worry. That's simple. No, it's not that easy, is it? Don't worry about your life, right? Your soul is much more valuable than that. But here is probably the most difficult thing that Jesus asked us to do. And it's something that we say every week. Some of you may say it every day. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's terrifying. As a matter of fact, I can remember being a teenager sitting out in the chairs on Sundays, and I found it often, uh, found it very convenient uh, place uh, in the Lord's Prayer to, to, take, to take a breath. So, forgive us our trespasses, and lead us not into temptation, <laughs> but deliver us from evil. It's terrifying. It really is to think about actually praying, pray to God, okay, forgive me as I forgive others. That's how I want you to forgive me, God. No, please, more, more grace than that. Way more grace than that. But you see, this is, this is the goal. This is the summit of Mount Everest. This is the last variation of the Carnival of Venice and Arvin's trumpet book. This is, this is, I don't know, being able to spell onomatopoeia or something. I don't know. This is the goal. This is the ultimate. If we're going to be followers of Christ, this is the goal. And getting there is not easy. And again, the season of Lent. That's why we practice this time. We have the extra worship services. Many people give up things. Many people add things to their spiritual life, their spiritual disciplines. Right? Because we're walking. We're following. We're growing. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not going to happen without our effort. Now, if you think maybe he wasn't serious about this, he was so serious about this particular petition, he stops the prayer to explain it more. And so the very next verse, he says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither your Father forgives your trespasses. Now just... Just think about how much God has forgiven you. God knows. Just think about it. God knows that 
even as you confess and say, I'm sorry for your sins today, he knows you're going to commit those same sins tomorrow. And yet he still freely and fully forgives you. Wow. And that's the way Martin Luther would explain this petition too, to put the emphasis on God's grace. He forgives all sins for all time. Now, shortly after this, Jesus knew he was going to Jerusalem. He was going to be falsely accused, falsely tried, falsely convicted, beaten, and crucified. And as he hung on the cross, his prayer to the Heavenly Father was, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God, they don't understand. They don't see the big picture. They can't comprehend your love. They can't comprehend your will, what, what you're doing here. They're just being people, mad, jealous, whatever, go along with the crowd. Forgive them. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? Jesus bore in himself every single sin from the very first sin of Adam and Eve to every sin that will ever be committed. Jesus bore in his body on the cross each and every one of your sins. Every sin you're going to commit today and every sin you're going to commit tomorrow. Don't miss this. Jesus bore in his body the sin of every person that you find it so hard to forgive. Person that stole your property. The dishonest business partner ripped you off. The angry words that were said by your spouse. Lies that were told about you by a friend. It's already been paid for. Forgive as we have been forgiven. Now, when Jesus said those really hard words, and some of the people said, that's too hard, I'm leaving. People are walking away. Jesus turned to his disciples, and he said, do you want to leave as well? Is the road ahead too hard for you too? And Peter turned, and he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now, I don't imagine Peter just like shouting that excitingly or real emphatically. I mean, Peter looked at the road ahead and said, ooh, ooh, that's tough. But then he looked around and he says, where else are we going to go? I mean, you've got the words of eternal life. That's the path to follow in your footsteps. Is it easy? No, it's not. And I'm still, I'm still working on this. It hasn't happened yet. Every church I've been a member of or a pastor of, I go to the evangelism committee. I say, okay, let's get a banner to put out on the street, get people in here. It's going to say, pick up your cross and follow us. You don't like it? Come suffer with us. No? I won't draw people in like flies. Yeah, it, it's hard. It is hard to be humble. It is hard to be a servant of all, to love all, 
to forgive all. But uh, Pastor Jeremy shared a, a great verse on Wednesday night. And actually, it's a good sermon, too. Uh, check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it. But First Peter chapter 2 uh, talks about Jesus. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. He didn't say on the cross, Lord, smite them. He said, Father, forgive them. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. That's what I'm asking us to do. Let's make that a part of our focus this Lenten season, to forgive other people. All of our sins have been crossed out. When someone offends you, do what Jesus did. Entrust yourself to God. Who judges justly? He's going to take care of them, of it. God's got it. Entrust yourself to him. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Love as you have been loved. It's already been paid for. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your love for us is so amazing that it is just mind-blowing. We know what it's like to be hurt physically. We know what it's like uh, to be hurt emotionally. Uh, we know what it's like to be betrayed, to be abandoned. And Lord, you, you have walked down this road ahead of us and gone through all of that and already death ahead of us. We pray that you would give us the strength of your spirit to follow in your steps the road that you have already walked, knowing that in the end, because you've already been in the grave and risen from it, that we will too. And what is more valuable than that? Thank you, Lord, for our eternal life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.